0: A recipe for a good day brought to you by Little General Convenience Stores, your neighborhood store. Why fight the lines at the big box chains when Little General Convenience Stores has what you need. Selling only the best quality brands like Gorelick Farms, Boston Salads, Prepared Foods, KM and Purdue. Little General also sells lottery, tobacco products, and yes, of course, your stop for your daily newspapers. Weekly specials change every Monday, so check online at littlegeneral.com for this week's specials. Plus littlegeneral.com is the place to go for the delicious recipes you heard here on a recipe for a good day so whether you're picking up food or products for your home or if you're looking for food or coffee on the go shop your neighborhood store little general convenience stores open eight days a week recipe for a good day is here and what we have for you today is a whole chicken extravaganza thanks to what's on sale at low general convenience stores also I uh, got a great email about Halloween party food and I'm going to share some of this with you. Um, thank you for sending that in. I appreciate it. And no, I will not reveal our mystery Halloween, uh, supporters name. I have your back, young lady. Uh, we are going to tell you what's on sale at Low General Stores everywhere. We have an exciting Reynolds rap and Season screenings for you from Reynolds rap, uh, Johnny Reynolds. Uh, and I can tell you it is Porquetta season. And you will notice that Johnny is excited. About porchetta this time of year, he loves his porchetta. I uh, probably well Johnny loves food. Um, that's why we brought him into the program, and we, we're glad he's part of it. Also, reminding you, hey, if you missed today's program, you got two opportunities, or if you have to check out early, uh, there's the replay last Saturday. And I just got a call from our friend and former co-host Gary McLaughlin, who caught the Saturday replay about the baked potatoes. So you, too, can hear it now Saturday at 2 o'clock. Thank you, Gary, for calling in. And um miss your laugh, my friend. Miss your laugh. And, of course, our weekly get together so gary mclaughlin says hello to the recipe for a good day audience uh we have a great show today so we're gonna get to it quickly after we tell you what's on sale now through close of business at low general stores everywhere and keep in mind close of business on sunday is 10 o'clock and new specials begin on your monday so we tell you this on your wednesday so you can uh, get your shopping needs. But remember, you don't have to wait till Wednesday. You can go to littlegeneral.com. Click on weekly specials on Monday so you know what's on sale. And maybe even know what we're going to be talking about on Recipe for a Good Day. So we talked about the whole chickens. The whole enchilada. $1.89 89 a pound at all general locations, and that'll be the centerpiece for today's program. In addition, the bottom round roast, $5.89 a pound. Ham off the bone from our friends at Hummel Brothers for just $5.99 a pound. Lando Lakes has their Italian blended cheese. I love the Lando Lakes Italian blended cheese sliced fresh at the deli for six eighty nine. You're gonna do a chicken parmesan, eggplant parmesan, maybe a, a, a chicken sandwich. This is the cheese you want for that. The Boston Salads cheddar macaroni salad, five eighty-nine a pound. Also Boston salads brings their maple walnut bread pudding. That had Johnny excited. Eight eighty nine 89 a pound, of course, a premium product with maple, and walnut, and it is a delicious bread pudding, again, by Boston Salads. From Purdue, ground turkey on sale for $5.99 a pound. And remember, you can't beat the quality at low-general stores like Hatfield Ham Steaks, the classic. Or maple honey. I had the maple honey last time. Just two ninety nine for the ham steak, and you can get your half and half cream by Gorelick for three ninety nine, and that is for a quart of the half and half by Gorelick. And remember, at little general convenience stores, quality is their first priority. Open eight days a week. Now, you're probably asking yourself, Jeff, does that include this Wednesday? Why? Yes, it does. And we're going to get into our world of chicken in a moment, here on your recipe for a good day Wednesday. Thank you for being with us. Recipe for a Good Day brought to you by Little General Convenience Stores with locations for your shopping needs throughout the Blackstone Valley, 2-in-1 Socket, Manville Road, and Cumberland Hill Road, Great Road, North Smithfield, Chapel Street in Boroughville, and Central Avenue in Pawtucket. Always hot, always fresh coffee stations to get your day started. Grab and go meals perfectly prepared for you, whether it's for an easy lunch to get you through your work day or to make an easy, satisfying dinner to end your day. And, of course, delicious deli items from top-of-the-line lunch meats to top-of-the-line steak and chicken products. Oh, and, of course, always fresh ground hamburg. Stay up to date on each week's sale items by going online at littlegeneral.com, your convenience store with more. Little General, where you always get a smile, a please, and a thank you. Open every day, including today. Proud sponsors of Recipe for a Good Day, Little General Convenience Stores.
1: And he locked up the barnyard of the graves of the can. Out in the hen house, up the When he hollered, Who's that? This is what he heard. They ain't nobody here but us chickens. They ain't nobody here at all. So quiet yourself. Stop that fuss. Ain't nobody here but us. We chickens trying to sleep. And you bust in. And hobble, 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 hobble with your chin. They ain't nobody here but us chickens. They ain't nobody here.
0: Nobody here but us. Chickens, chicken on sale, whole chickens, a dollar eighty-nine a pound at little general stores everywhere. So we're going to talk about cooking your whole chickens. We're going to give you some tips, tricks on uh, making sure that your whole chicken, regardless of the flavoring of the chicken, is perfect for you. And then a little later on in the program, we'll give you some options on the flavoring and side dishes to go with your whole chicken dinner. So we're going to get started as we have been. As we still continue to tweak the format here on Recipe for a Good Day. i just talking about some general things to know about working with your chicken. Mistakes people make as well and how you can correct them or do things a little differently. We're going to start out talking about defrosting the chicken. And how do you defrost your chicken? Do you perhaps put it on the counter to defrost? Do you run it under water? Do you use the fridge? One of them is correct. Which one? Well, let's start talking first about the wrong methods. So, let's talk about putting your frozen chicken on the counter to defrost. First of all, keeping your chipping at room temperature, even in a few hours, overnight, well, that's when your hazardous bacteria begins to grow. It thrives. And cooking the chicken is not enough To be able to destroy the what they call microorganisms that can make you sick. So leaving your meat on the counter, leaving protein on the counter is a terrible, terrible idea and a terrible method because it can make you sick. And sometimes you say, well, you're going to cook it. Doesn't cook and kill the bacteria as we just covered. Uh, No, it does not properly do that. Uh, Running it. Underwater as well uh, Does not solve that mixture. And, and, and God forbid warm water uh, What you're looking to do there Is you're just going to spread And likely splash uh, The bacteria that can make you ill All over your kitchen sink And that sort of uh, uh, area Maybe your countertop and you might wipe some of it, but you might not wipe it all. And you bring your next food product over, it gets contaminated. So you do not want to do the uh, swing either uh, for the uh, water. You don't want to have it uh, running underwater. You don't want it on the counter. How do you want it? In your refrigerator. That's how you want to deal with it. So you simply take it out of the freezer and put it in your refrigerator, in its original wrapping. Uh, don't open that chicken either. Uh, when you do that, you, maybe 48 hours is fine in your refrigerator. The question is, do you need to freeze it in the first place? Well, when you bring your chicken home, it all depends on how quickly you're going to cook it. If you're going to cook it within 48 hours, you can probably just put it in the fridge in its original wrapping until you're ready to cook it. As long as it's probably under 48 hours. Over that, you might as well freeze it and then go through the defrosting process. And again, in your refrigerator for roughly um, uh, 48 hours or so. Depends, of course, on the size of the chicken. Um, now, if the chicken is still frozen by the time you need it, well, then you—if it depends on your microwave. You, you do have some defrost options in your microwave that you might be able to get that uh, finished off if you do not. Fit it into the microwave, you could place don 't run it place it under running water but if you had to, you could submerge it in cold water, um, but in that if that 's the scenario, you have to change the water out every 30 minutes um i've done some uh, soaks lately with uh, some of the meats including the uh, turkey and the ham uh that i have made recently you can use water but again cold water you cover it and you have to change that water every 30 minutes but that's only if you need to uh get further defrosting done after you've done the uh, fridge uh, method um Using Not using a meat thermometer is a big mistake in a chicken. Now, I recently upgraded my meat thermometer at home to a glorious digital meat thermometer, something I should have done a long time ago because it's just fantastic to not have to go through the calibration processes with the dial meat thermometers. I absolutely love it. I, I, why I didn't do it earlier? I guess because I'm old fashioned. Um, and you can get them relatively unexpensive now. One time the digital thermometers were expensive. I think I paid, uh, six bucks for my, uh, digital meat thermometer and it's perfect. But a meat thermometer, um, should be in your home. As well as, uh, of course, any restaurants, they use them. Now, invest in a meat thermometer. Again, you can get them for six or seven bucks. Uh, you're gonna wanna use it to check the thickest part of the chicken. The minimum internal temperature, of course, at 165 Fahrenheit. Uh, if the internal temperature hasn't been met, you continue cooking it and check it again. Uh, because nobody wants to cut into pink chicken. Now, if you're close, you probably want to check it in about 15-minute intervals because um, you also don't want to overcook and dry out your chicken. Um, using a high heat, another big mistake when cooking chicken. Uh, make sure your stove isn't turned up too high. You may want to try to cook it faster, but it can be a mistake. It can ruin your chicken, and it can be unsafe. So don't be too quick to turn up the flame uh, when you are cooking your chicken uh low and slow that's tempo it applies to all methods of cooking the chicken turning up the temperature in the oven for example won't give you the results that you're looking for if you're looking to cut down on time um pan roasting the chicken is one of the fastest cooking methods and you're going to use a medium medium high heat uh not covering your chicken is a mistake by not covering your chicken when you're cooking it it comes out dry uh so simply Cover it if you have a lid that can fit on the pan for a super moist chicken. If not, you can cover it with a foil tent with heavy duty aluminum foil. Why heavy duty? Because if you go the cheaper method, you have to open it. Maybe you're going to be, well, we'll talk about flipping the chicken in a moment and so on. Uh, you, you're going to rip that cheap foil. So just save yourself the aggravation and get the heavy duty foil. Um, and of course, uh, you want to get it extra juicy. Well, you can use a marinade or some sauce. Uh, So, and then there's the concept, and this is big these days, conventionally raised chickens or pasture raised chickens. That becomes the question when you are buying your chicken. Pastured animal products, well, we know the ethic method, uh, reasoning for that, but it's also nutritionally superior. Pasteurized meats are often more nutrient-dense and have fatty acid ratios that minimizes inflammation compared to conventionally raised meats. But what does that boil down to flavor? Does it actually make a difference? Many say yes, it does. Pasteurized chicken tends to have a fuller, richer taste than conventionally raised chicken. The extra exercise the chicken has increases the muscle development, increases the blood flow, which means more flavor and more texture to the meat. So, yes, it does make a difference. It's worth the extra couple of bucks if you can afford it. It's better for the chickens, and it's better for your dinner as well. Um, so a few other tips as we move forward here about uh, selecting your chicken if you're going to roast your chicken, of course, uh, you heard of the roaster, so you're looking for a smaller chicken. Um, if you have a larger chicken, well, then you may want to deal with some brining or some, um, marinating as well. Uh, can you marinate a whole chicken? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I have a, uh, I seeked out a special container that can fit whole chickens, uh, turkeys, uh, hams for different soaking and brining processes uh we're going to give you a brine uh uh to to work with so the problem that all this has when you're dealing with over the years is bringing a chicken out cutting into the breast and it's dry why does that happen well chicken is a lean meat that's why we eat it for healthier purposes right but in exchange for that and it can also be very disappointing if you're overcooked. It doesn't have a lot of fat content in the meat to continue to keep it um, moist for you. But it can be fixed in a few ways, including a wet or dry brining. So wet brining does take a little practice. Uh, so you're going to submerge your chicken in a solution of water, salt, and sugar. ...for a period of time. And advocates point and say it's the perfect way to tenderize and flavor your meat... ...instead of dry brining. And dry brining differs because it uses a salt rub with herbs and sugars. I've done them both. And I've done it without. Um, for, I, I, for a chicken, I actually prefer the dry brine. Um, and it's just because it's so easy to do. And you're doing it right over the chicken... You don't have to go under the skin for this one. Um, the salt will dissolve into the skin, uh, and you can get. Uh, don't worry about the juiciness you're going to get with the wet brine, because with the cooking methods you can counter that. But it does guarantee with the dry brine. I, I okay, we're talking healthy, so we're eating chicken skin may or may not be in your diet, but if you use that dry salt brine um, with the sugars you're going to get that delicious, crispy skin. And that's why I like the dry brine with the chicken. And there are other methods to ensure that your meat, um, well, particularly the breast meat, will be juicy as you want it. The wet brine, not necessary for that. If you do, other methods we'll be talking about. Um, examining your chicken for freshness and any damage is important. So again, when you have your chicken... And you put it in the fridge, maybe, again, up to 48 hours or so. Uh, you run the risk of giving some salmonella unless you check the bird clothes closely before putting it in the oven. So first up, obvious but necessary, check the expiration date. Next, examine your chicken closely. If the flesh has a slight grayish tinge... You might need to chuck it. So give it the old smell test as well. Your uncooked chicken should smell really nothing at all. If it's bad, you'll be able to tell. It'll have a slight stench of rotten eggs. Or oh, the chicken could be slimy. That's another bad sign. And if it is slimy, no amount of washing is going to fix it. You'll have to chuck it in the garbage and buy another one. Um, this is an interesting one. I've got to admit, I've never tried it. But it talks about soaking your chicken in milk. And I found this an interesting read. Um, uh, 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 you uh, use herbs, garlic, and lemon zest in the milk as well if you want. <coughs> Why does it work? The calcium in the milk does the trick of tenderizing the meat and making it more delicious. Calcium, the, minimum you look, the minimal you're looking for in the process, can also opt for other possibilities... Like the standard 2% milk. 1% is acceptable, but you may want to add a little lemon juice or equivalent for acid. Uh, buttermilk is even better if you can get it. But you don't have to stop there. Um, if you want to stretch your, your skills, think about this. Some yogurt that can add a creamy texture to a finished product. I've never tried. The only thing I've dealt milk for, I think, is, um, is liver. Yeah. Uh, making the dry rub. We talked about that. So let's talk about making the dry rub in the seasoning mix that you add to that um, spices, herbs, dried thyme, basil rosemary, tarragon fennel uh, are perfect for adding to your dry external rubs. Uh, you want to make sure that you uh, may want to stuff your you can stuff the chicken as well you stuff turkey why can't you stuff chicken so when you get the giblets out for and you want to put it in the oven. You have a uh, a cavity that is empty. What can you put in there? Vegetables, herbs, um, other items that will not only keep the meat moist but also uh, impart subtle flavors. You can do it with a number of different ingredients. Um, When you really want to put a personal touch on your chicken, try stuffing whole peeled garlic cloves inside the chicken. Maybe some lemon wedges with that and onions. Herbs, of course, are a great addition. We've covered those. But in addition to the herbs, you can get a few parsnips, carrots, celery. That can all help with the final product. The end results will impress your family and your taste buds as well. So stuffing the chicken is an option. And you don't have to go through an extensive process. Again, we're talking about whole vegetables, whole onions, garlic cloves. And when it cooks inside, that flavor will come through to the outside. Um, let's see here. Do we cover everything about the uh, chicken tips that we want to cover? Uh, uh, oh, yes. No, I'm sorry. Did not basting and flipping the chicken. So if you're using the dry rub method versus a, a, a wet brine. Uh, you're going to want to take a few other steps to ensure that your breast meat, especially the breast meat, is juicy. Uh, and I was, I, again, I prefer the dry brine for skin purposes, uh, and so does my dog, who also gets some of the chicken skin as well. Yeah, uh, he does, and he looks forward to it. Um, flipping your birds. I was just talking with Johnny about turkey, and when it comes to cooking the turkey, I actually breast side down for the first hour at a higher heat. We're going to take that and bring it into the chicken world. Flipping the chicken during the cooking process helps evenly distribute the juices. And yeah, a lot of people don't do that step. If you've never tried it, give it a try and I think you will uh, love it. Now, I start out breast side down through the beginning of the kitchen process. Uh, And and you can flip the bird onto its side Roast it nicely You can flip it to the right side uh, And then get it breast side up again For the finish How to flip it? Well, for me it depends on Are you stuffing the cavity? If you're not stuffing the cavity um, I have a large Durable pair of thongs That I use to get inside and outside For a good grab uh, And on the other side uh, a little support on the head side. It could be uh, a big, if you have a, a meat fork uh, that you use maybe to, to move large meats. What I call at home the pit fork, That on one side, tongs on the other, makes it easy and safe to flip. Of course, because the chicken is getting hot as it does cook. Um, be careful. Uh, don't do it too, too, too quick. Um, I don't use metal tongs, by the way. These are uh, some sort of coated, uh, I don't know, rubber of some sort, but it doesn't tear the skin. The metal uh, tongs will rip your skin, so there's something to uh, be careful for as well. So flipping the bird, oh, that didn't sound right, flipping your chicken uh, can definitely help. Keep your moist your meat moist. I start breast side down uh, with the turkey. I just go uh, breast side down uh, to breast side up. With the chicken, you you may be able to actually get it on its side. But even flipping between breast side down, breast side up, that can make a big difference. And basting is another one that makes a big difference. It's in the oven. That doesn't mean you relax and watch a movie. You want a good piece of bird. Basting is just as important as any other thing on the list. So you're scooping up the liquid from the bottom of the pan, pouring it back on top. Stops the bird from drying out. Also helps with flavoring and coloring. Like the other steps, uh, opening the oven, always a problem. You don't want to do it too often. Why? Temperature fluctuations when roasting. So you can use a baster. Just pull the juice up the tube, squirt it right there on the chicken. You can use a basting brush. Um, I do the uh the baster early but i do brush at the end as well uh if it seems like work well you don't want to dry chicken of course it's a little bit of work what are you using to um in your pan maybe some butter herbs wine oil but you want to keep your chicken moist take the time and do a little basing now how often are you basing you can baste it every 30 minutes Um, And then baste it again. And the final process, you're going to give it uh, a good 15, 20 minutes without a cover in order to crisp the chicken. So you can baste it once before. And then, yes, even just as it comes out of the oven, I give it one last baste while it sits for the last and final step, which is, of course, letting your chicken rest. That may be the hardest thing because now your kitchen... Smells delicious like, like chicken. You're hungry. You're looking at it. You want to cut it. You want to eat it. You want to get it on the table. Everybody wants it. What do you do? Nothing. Let the chicken rest. Redistribute those juices throughout the chicken. Um, and it's, if you cut it too soon, the juices will end up all over the cutting table, on your clothes, on the knife. And it will not end up on the chicken. Uh, now, to let it cool down slowly, maybe you want to keep it in the oven at a low, 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 low set if you have it, like 150 degrees. And you'll still get that skin. But if not, you'll have to wait about 10 to 20 minutes, depending on the size of your chicken, before you can cut it and dig into it. So take that time and let it sit. One other method, and I have not tried this either, is roasting your chicken over bread. Now, of course, we've all had vegetables roast underneath the chicken. You can argue that that's a perfect compliment. But another possible side dish, make the fat drippings drip down from the bird as it cooks using homemade croutons, a better way to repurpose Dale bread than. Just uh, putting it out there for the birds. So it's a simple uh, method that allows the bread to gain flavor. Whether the herbs or spice mixture that you use in a chicken drip down through the bird and onto maybe some homemade croutons. You have a nice tasty side dish and you can use those croutons maybe with some soup or some Caesar salad. So it's just a matter of furthering your chicken flavor while you've gone through the cooking process. So brine... Dry or wet, the choice is yours. Um, Proper defrostation of your chicken is crucial. Letting the bird rest, basting, all general tips, no matter how you make your chicken for seasoning, can make a moist dinner for you. We do have some specific recipes for chicken coming up in a little bit, but right now it's another edition.
1: That
2: Reynolds wrap right
0: here, Betty? You're pat Reynolds wrap makes this whole cooking and cleanup thing
2: so easy. Reynolds wrap makes good food better.
0: The great thing about Reynolds Wrap is it's the one wrap you can depend on.
2: Just a little Reynolds Wrap can do more for a woman than any other wrap. You know, I've been waiting for this presentation date for months. Ever since our attention began to focus on all fall-type food concerns, my fellow gastronomes, the past few weeks have been a divine preparation for today's anticipated segment on pumpkins. Oh, fear not, my kitchen crusaders. Not the uber-ubiquitous pumpkin spice-flavored You know, from pumpkin spice lattes to donuts to pumpkin spice chewing gum. Yeah, that actually is a thing. Breakfast cereals and bread puddings. Although that last one is a delightful concoction, I would most certainly make an exception for. I mean, how food science applies to that luscious gourd that people enjoy nationwide. Native to North America, that is Mexico and the southern United States... Pumpkins are one of the oldest domesticated plants, having been used as early as 7,000 to 5,500 B.C. Today, pumpkins are used as food, as well as for aesthetic and decoration purposes. By the way, my co-host for this segment is my Irish friend, Jack O'Lantern. Pumpkin seeds are also a great source of nutrients, as well as a wonderful snack. Overall, there are 100-plus varieties of pumpkins that are grown in the world in various sizes, colors, flavors and shapes. Pumpkins are plentiful in today's marketplace and depending on what you plan on using it for, you can contact your local farmer or higher end market for your bounty. Botanists define squash and pumpkins are squash as a fruit because they contain internal seeds. Squash also develops from flowers known as squash blossoms. They feature thick skins and fleshy meat inside just like melons. When you open a squash variety like a pumpkin, it's filled with seeds and stringy flesh. Hence, when you prepare or eat squash, you're cooking or eating fruit. Squash varieties are members of a group of fruits that poses vegetables like tomatoes and avocados. Other considered squashes are vegetables due to its culinary use, but I'm then reminded of pumpkin pie, pumpkin custard pudding, ice cream, and other desserts. Some varieties that are excellent for dessert include a gooseneck squash, a baby Pam pumpkin, which is great for pies, jams, and and it's an all-purpose item. Hubbard squash is a knobby-looking pale gray blue pumpkin that's easy to prepare and use for pies, cakes, and other sweetness. Now, I know our segment is uh, just about over, but we'll have a lot more time to talk about pumpkins later. How to choose them use them, and consume them in the weeks ahead. But for now, for Recipe for a Good Day, sponsored by Little General Stores, I'm Johnny Reynolds, and that's a wrap. Reynolds Wrap. Wouldn't
1: you hate to be without it? My monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the, mash. He did the monster mash, the monster mash, it was a graveyard smash, he did the mash. it on in a flash, he did the mash. he did the monster mash, wow. from my laboratory in the castle east, wow. to the master bedroom where the vampires feast, wow. wow. the ghouls all came Humble to catch a jolt from my electrode his son. Wow. The scene was rocking, all they were digging the sound. Wow. I got unchained, backed by his bay hound. Wow. The coffin bangers are about to arrive. Wow. Pretty good. The drip keep it by.
0: Whatever happened to my Pennsylvania twins? It's not a mash. It's not a
1: monster
0: mash. The monster mash. It's not a great mash. All right, there it is, the monster mash Halloween around the corner. And uh, if you're looking for some Halloween treats, I have a nice email from a listener that uh, shares some uh, little things that you can do. Uh, we'll have uh, first uh, this one here. It's called, uh, <laughs> it's called Backyard Treats. Uh, What you're going to need is a bag of shredded coconut, some green food coloring, prepared brownies, or prepared chocolate cake. So it says here is put coconut in a plastic bag, add a few drops of food coloring, and shake the bag to distribute the color. And place that on a serving platter. And then with a buttered glove hand, you can squeeze a small handful of brownie or cake into an oblong shake and randomly place it on top of the green coconut and enjoy the howls. And who doesn't love brownies? Uh, Another one here. It's called Littered Treats. You have graham cracker crumbs, unwrapped Tootsie Roll candies, and you'll need the bottom of a cardboard gift box. Place the crumbs on the bottom of a plastic-lined cardboard box. Place several Tootsie Roll candles on a paper plate. Microwave it for a few seconds. Really? Interesting. then immediately take the candies off the paper plate. Stretch the candy out. Oh, so it becomes elastic. Uh, And arrange them on the graham cracker crumbs. Kids don't mind eating this at all. And uh, from a human, it says here, a bag of uh, it's called, now hear this, I guess, a bag of miniature marshmallows, small amount of peanut butter softened in the microwave, apples cut in half. Apples and peanut butter is terrific together. Uh, Lollipop sticks. Place the apple cut side down on a plate. Place one mini marshmallow on a lollipop stick. Lightly dip it into microwaved softened peanut butter. Oh, I like the taste of that. Place the sticks into the apple uh, to stand upright, and it's a great centerpiece, uh, they say here as well. And the final one, it looks like, is called feet loaf instead of meatloaf. Uh, prepare your favorite meatloaf recipes. Pat next, about two inches thick into the shape of a foot. Pat next. Oh, so you prepare your meatloaf, loaf? Okay. Pat the mix about two inches thick into the shape of a foot, wide at one end, narrow on the other. At the wide end, indent, indent lines to resemble toes. Okay. And then place a piece of celery, curved side down for toenails. Oh, that's cute. Bake it at 325 degrees, about 30 to 45 minutes, depending on the thickness. And, uh... Enjoy the compliments on your feet loaf, I guess, all in for Halloween. Why not have a few body parts, right? So that was shared by a listener. Thank you for contributing. If you have something you want to contribute to the program, just email AskTheChef at WNRI.com. Again, AskTheChef at WNRI.com. Let's uh, return to our chicken discussion. Again, whole chickens on sale from Little General Convenience Stores. A terrific price for whole chickens as um, this is again at all little general locations regardless of where you are $1.89 a pound Um, one thing we'll talk about is using stuffing so you can give flavor into chicken without introducing extra fat how do you do that well it's stuffing we think about it on thanksgiving with turkey why not with chicken stuffing so place the stuffing under the skin before roasting or baking it Now, of course, you want to leave your skin on the chicken. No significant amount of fat is transferred during the cooking process, only flavor and juice. Whether you eat it afterwards, that's a choice you'll make. Uh, The skin prevents the chicken, of course, from drying out. So how do you get the... um, And is it difficult to stuff under the skin of a chicken, not if you do it correctly? So when you're working with a whole chicken... You're going to loosen the edges, a rubbing back and forth, gently and slowly along the breast at the back end of the bird where the cavity is that you would stuff. Now, gently and slowly, if you go too fast, you'll rip it. Separate the skin from meat on both sides of the breast, forming a pocket. Now, push gently a little bit at a time. If you go too much, again, you'll rip the skin. You lift too hard, you'll rip the skin. So gently separate the skin from the meat and then slowly, a little bit at a time, place the stuffing forming a pocket inside the pocket between the skin and the meat. And you want to spread it evenly over the meat and then ease that skin back to the cover and stuffing again all before you do get into the uh, cooking process Uh, so you can use stuffing and then if you have any of course you can do a stuffing combination Um, besides under the skin you have the cavity you can use that inside the bird as well remember though if you use stuffing inside the chicken you're going to want to check that internal temperature as well Um, make sure that it's cooked enough again to deal with any bacterial issues so stuffing the chicken with breadcrumbs a great option Under the skin as you roast your chicken. Right now is uh, it is porchetta season. We teased you about that at the beginning of the program, and here in seasonings greetings, Johnny's going to tell you everything you need to know for a porchetta dinner. It's time to say Seasonings Greetings. A look at the herbs, spices, and seasonings in your kitchen with your host, John Reynolds, Jr.
2: Let it not be stated on this auspicious occasion that I, the Sage of Stroganoff, the Baron of Barbecue, and the Prince of Piccata, should withhold that gratifying seasoning blend found on one of Little General's meat selections now in season. Yes, porketta. We have entered that hallowed time of year to find certain dishes, ingredients, food magazines, and TV shows galore that feature awesome autumn cuisine. Now, this is a time of year when I, along with millions of other former professional cooks, turn home cooks just because we like to cook, savor the flavor of the season. You know, I was reminded by Jeff just yesterday that porquetta season is upon us. And in recent weeks, I have discovered a now formerly hidden secret of Little General's chief gastronome, Keith, at the Cumberland Hill Road store and... Um uh, Well, I did ask him nicely for this list, and he wrote it out for me, so who am I to complain? Anyway, when you approach the meat display, you'll find an impressive array of selections to please any palate. Now then, porchetta. Porchetta was developed in Italy in 1919. In it, a young pig was slaughtered, and its meat was stuffed with wild fennel, garlic, herbs, and white wine. Popular versions in today's America butcher a pork belly heavily salted and stuff it with a mixture of herbs and spices that enhance any cut of pork. Keith is a marvelous guy who really enjoys preparing little general's recipes and it shows. Now here's his list of pork and herbs that you can enjoy today. Parsley, basil, granular onion, rosemary, fennel seed, Italian seasoning, crushed red pepper flakes, black pepper, fresh crushed garlic, and a little good quality salt. Each of these will eventually find its way in this segment in future weeks, but for now, let's concentrate on the issue at hand. This entire list of spices and herbs are wonderful for any pork cut, as it would be individually. Rosemary has an earthy flavor that is reminiscent of pine and is also great on poultry and potatoes. However, have you noticed the other blend inside this porchetta blend? Italian seasoning. This is comprised of basil, oregano, rosemary, garlic powder, sage, marjoram, coriander, and thyme. Whoo! That's a spicy porchetta. Now, I've enjoyed Little General Porchetta a few times, and I think you would, too. We'll get back to this porky perfection next month when the other segment, Reynolds Wrap, has a series on comfort foods. But for now, let's get back to more recipe for a good day. I'm Johnny Reynolds. Greetings, culture lovers. I, the great gongo, with my PBP orchestra, that's pitch-perfect poultry, will now present you a little something we like to call Free Range Rouse. Are you ready, girls? One, two, three, two, two, three. Come on! Ah,
0: yes, the singing chickens will have you singing at your dinner table. And what a singing chicken dinner recipe we have for you is we're gonna talk about a pecan rice dressing. For your roasted chicken. Uh, We're going to go over the ingredients first that you'll need on this recipe. Uh, You're going to need three shallots or scallions. You're going to mince them. You're going to need a quarter cup of chopped fresh basil. Three cloves of garlic minced. One teaspoon of olive oil. Three quarter teaspoon of salt. A quarter teaspoon of dried sage. Three and a half pound whole chicken minimum. Uh, for the recipe, uh, but you know, I always say cook as much as you can if you're going through the process. Why? Because I love leftovers. Two tablespoons of fresh lemon juice, one large onion diced, one carrot finely chopped, two cups thinly sliced mushrooms, one cup of long grain rice, four teaspoons of chopped pecans, and two cups of reduced sodium sodium chicken broth uh, divided in a Quarter cup of flour. Now, it may seem spacious uh, on that long recipe uh, ingredient list, but it's not. Just a few easy steps. One, preheat your oven to 375. In a small bowl, combine the shallots. Two tablespoons of the basil. One-third of the garlic. Oil, the half teaspoon of salt, and sage. Sprinkle the chicken cavity with the lemon juice. And then with your fingers, again, we're going to carefully loosen that skin from the breast, leaving it intact. And then spread that shallot mixture under the skin, like we were talking about with the breadcrumbs a few moments ago. And then you can tie together the legs with some string, trussing it. And place the chicken breast side down on a rack in a small roasting pan for about 30 minutes or so, and then you're going to turn the chicken breast side up Continue cooking to roast, basting it occasionally with the pan juices for about 30 minutes longer, or depending on how large your chicken is, until that chicken is cooked through. Meanwhile, while that cooking process is happening, in a separate medium flame-proof casserole dish, combine the onion, the carrots, the remaining garlic, and a quarter cup of water. Cook it over medium heat for five minutes. Add the mushrooms. Cook it for five minutes more. Cooking uh, while you stir in the rice. And those pecans, and one about one and a third cups, uh, two, one, excuse me, one and three quarter cups of water, and the remaining two tablespoons of basil, uh, as well as the remaining a quarter teaspoon of salt. And then cover it, put it in the oven with the chicken. You're gonna bake that for about 30 minutes. You can do it in one of the cooking cycles, cover it all at once, uh, and you're gonna cook it. That rice should come out tender. Then place the chicken on a platter, pour off the fat from the pan, Add the broth to the pan, bring it back to a boil, and then stirring to loosen up any brown bits that end up on the pan. Those brown bits mean flavor. Whisk in the flour until it's smooth and cooked. Then whisk it until it's thickened. That should be about three to five minutes. Then you can serve the chicken with the dressings and the gravy. And, of course, you want to remove the chicken from the skin before eating if you want it a little healthier. That roasted pecan rice dressing will surely impress your family or your friends, depending on who's coming over to dine. Lemon and chicken go well. So let's talk about a lemon chicken with roasted potatoes and garlic. Again, you're going to need about a pound of small red potatoes. Uh, here are the ingredient list. Six cloves of garlic, two unpeeled Four of them peeled. Four sprigs of fresh thyme or one teaspoon of dried thyme, if you have the time, Two sprigs of fresh rosemary or three-quarter teaspoon of dried rosemary. Three-quarter teaspoon of salt. A half teaspoon of freshly ground black pepper. One teaspoon of olive oil. Three and a half pound minimum of whole uh, chickens. We're going to use a bay leaf on this one as well as two lemons. One pierced several times with a fork. The other Thinly sliced. Here's your method: preheat your oven again to get into 375. You get your medium baking pan. Combine the potatoes, two unpeeled garlic cloves, two sprigs of thyme, uh, or one half teaspoon of dried. Uh, that one sprig of rosemary or the half teaspoon of dried. Uh, the quarter teaspoon of salt and the quarter teaspoon of pepper. And drizzle the potatoes with oil and just give it a toss to combine and make sure they are coated. At that point, sprinkle the chicken cavity with the remaining half teaspoon of salt and remaining quarter teaspoon of pepper. Place the bay leaf, the four peeled cloves of garlic and that pierced lemon right into the cavity of the chicken. Then with your fingers, you can again loosen the skin from the breast, leaving the skin intact, and tuck the remaining two sprigs of thyme, or the half teaspoon of dried thyme, and the remaining one sprig or quarter teaspoon of of, um, rosemary. And the lemon slices, again, that's why you want them thin. Under the skin of the chicken. And then, of course, tie together the legs with the string and place the chicken breast side down on a rack or a small roasting pan. At that point, place the chicken and the potatoes in the oven. You're gonna roast it for about 30 minutes. And and, uh, then, again, breast side down. And then turn the chicken breast side up and continue roasting it for another 30 minutes longer. Basting the chicken with pan juices, stirring the potatoes occasionally. Uh, the chicken will be cooked through. The potatoes will be tender. Then place that chicken and potatoes on a platter. Remove the skin, again, if you want it a little healthier uh, before eating. What are you going to put with this? Well, how about some steamed broccoli with maybe some dried red onions or a fresh fruit bowl of apples, pears, red, green, and seedless grapes are always great with that as well. So a nice lemon chicken and roasting potatoes with garlic can delight your taste buds and then let's just go with a simple one about some classic bread stuffing with a roast chicken Uh, we're going to go from scratch so we're going to use nine ounces of white sandwich bread uh, cut into half inch cubes just about six cups worth two teaspoons of vegetable oil one large onion diced Two celery ribs, halved lengthwise, and then cut into thin slices. You know what that's going to mean. Three cloves of garlic minced. One and a half cups of reduced sodium uh, chicken broth. uh, And one teaspoon of dried uh, tarragon. One teaspoon of dried rosemary. A half teaspoon of salt. And your whole chicken, of course. Along with two tablespoons of, again, fresh lemon juice. You're going to use that 375 on your oven. And spread the bread on a baking sheet and bake it for about seven minutes. Just toss it, stir it around a little bit. Uh, They'll turn golden brown and crisp. Then transfer to a large bowl. Keep your oven running 375. Meanwhile, in a large non-stick skillet, uh, heat the oil until it becomes hot, but you never want it to smoke over medium heat. Add the onion, the celery, the garlic. Cook it. Stir it frequently, you don't know, want that garlic to burn, it will burn quick until the vegetables become tender. That's only about five to seven minutes. Add the bread along with the one and a quarter cup of the broth, a half teaspoon of the tarragon and a half teaspoon of the rosemary as well with the salt and stir it into the mix. Then, you know, loosen that skin from the chicken breast, uh, rub that lemon juice under the skin into the meat. Then rub the remaining half teaspoon of tarragon and the remaining half teaspoon of rosemary into the meat under the skin uh, as well. Uh, You can spoon about one-third of the stuffing into the chicken cavity. uh, Tie together those legs with some string. Again, truss it. And then spoon the remaining stuffing into an eight by eight inch inch baking dish, cover it with foil, put it aside. Place the chicken on a rack on a small roasting pan and roast it for about 20 minutes. Uh, Brush it with some of the remaining quarter cup of broth, continue to, uh, and again, that first 20 minutes, why not do it breast side down? Uh, And then flip the bird, roast it for about one and a quarter hours longer. So again, using a meat thermometer to determine its finished state, depending on the size of your bird. This one's going to take some basting. So you're going to baste about every 15, 20 minutes with the broth until the chicken is cooked through. You just want to be quick with that door open in and out. Uh, during the last 30 minutes of the roasting, you're going to put the stuffing in the oven with the chicken. And then spoon the stuffing in a medium bowl and put the chicken on a platter and serve it to your family. Roasted chicken with a classic, simple bread stuffing. Why are we talking chicken? Because it's on sale for $1.89 a pound at all little general locations. But remember, also on sale this week, the Bottom Round Roast for $5.89 a pound, the ground turkey from Purdue for $5.99 a pound. Hummer Brothers this week, till close of business Sunday, has ham off the bone for $5.99 a pound, Lando Lakes Italian blended cheese for $6.89 a pound. From Boston Salads, we see the cheddar macaroni salad for $5.89 a pound and the... Maple walnut bread pudding for eight. Eighty nine a pound. Hamsteaks from Hatfield, whether it's the classic or the maple honey, two ninety-nine for a hamsteak. All part of the sale items available awaiting you at Little General Convenience Stores right now, again through Close of Business Sunday. And if you miss any of today's program, remember you can hear it on its replay format on Saturday at two PM. If you have something you want to share with the program, just email AskTheChef at WNRI.com. That's Chef at WNRI.com. Dot com. Meanwhile, we're going to say Bon Appetit till next time. Happy dining, everybody. WNRI, socket.